Bretto. Yes, Marcus. I don't want to hear this. What don't you want to hear? I don't want to hear someone come up to me on Monday and say, I had no idea about the Wellness Base Camp. Oh, I hate it when that happens. It's all been all over Facebook, Instagram, emails, podcasts. If you are listening right now and you've been under a rock or you've been flat out busy and you just haven't got to booking your tickets, don't get to Monday and send us an email saying you forgot. I was going to book a ticket. I was going to, I was going to, I was going to school holidays and then the kids went back to school and then I went back to work and blah, blah, blah. Don't let it happen. Thewellnessbasecamp.com. 50 bucks off your ticket, a few seats left, don't muck around. You've got Cindy O'Meara, Karen Smith, Kim Morrison, Joe Witten, Audra Starkey, Jules Galloway, Brett Hill. Oh, I wouldn't miss it for the world, Marcus. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so informative. There's amazing exhibitors there. The venue, I'm told reliably by Marcus Pierce, is incredible. There's just no reason not to be there. It's the most beautiful venue we've ever had. The Wellness Base Camp proudly brought to you by Zars and Alkaline Water. And we, as you said, we've got some wonderful exhibitors. So don't muck around. Don't be that person or people that says, I forgot. Head to thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Ask the Naturopath, an episode I pull out every now and then when I take the time to answer your curliest health questions. I put a call out recently in my Shiny Healthy You Facebook page, uh, in the group, sorry, for questions, and two of today's questions have come from that thread. I also put up a post in the same group recently asking people what they were struggling with the most, and so I've incorporated some of that into today's episode too. If you want to get in on the action, by the way, just head to Facebook and search for Shiny Healthy You, or you'll find the group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Shiny Healthy You. Righto, on to today's topics. Now, Haley wants to know how to lower cholesterol naturally. Cool. Alrighty, so if cholesterol is high, it's a sign that there's inflammation in the body first and foremost. Remember, the cholesterol isn't the bad guy necessarily. It's been described recently as more the firefighter who goes to put out the fire. It's not the fire itself. So first of all, we need to consider where's the fire? What's causing it? If you've got existing inflammation, the cholesterol is being produced and then sent out to try and protect you. But eventually after this process has been happening for too long, you end up sick. So we look for the source of the inflammation. Do you need to change your diet? Are you eating inflammatory foods? Maybe you're having the wrong oils. Are your homocysteine levels high? This is important because it's a marker for increased cardiovascular risk. Do you need to look deeper at your genetics and maybe your methylation? Do you need to heal the gut? If inflammation is suspected, I'll often prescribe things like turmeric in pretty high doses to help bring that down while we work on what's going on at a deeper level. We might also consider fish oils that are high in EPA at this time. Now let's look at the top three reasons why I see elevated cholesterol in my practice. The first, poor diet. Sorry, I know it's simple, but it's true. Secondly, 
the state of the liver. And thirdly, and of course, you can't really get away from this one, the good old family history. Yeah. All right. So let's look at poor diet. It can be something as simple as a high sugar intake, uh, alcohol intake, lots of processed carbs in the diet, processed foods in general, the wrong fats, not enough fiber, nutrient deficiencies from just a crappy diet in general. Now, I'm not really going to dwell on the whole diet thing and cholesterol too much because if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume that you probably already know what constitutes a good diet, yeah? So we also know some people do better on paleo, others get better results on vego, some thrive on a Mediterranean diet. It's important to listen to your body and work out what's going to be best for you. I'm not going to tell you exactly what to eat because it's going to be different for different people. When in doubt, though, a diet that has loads of veggies, maybe a few gluten-free whole grains, not too much sugar, whole foods, nothing processed, and some healthy fats, that's always a good starting point no matter where you are while you figure the rest out. Okay, moving on to the liver. If you have high cholesterol, you might want to consider getting a liver function test. If the liver is struggling and you're susceptible to high cholesterol, then it's the perfect storm waiting to happen. Look at supporting the liver herbs, look at supporting the liver, sorry, with like herbs and supplements. I believe that these livery sort of people, they're the ones who do best on things like globe artichoke to reduce their cholesterol. That's a herb that naturopaths often use to bring down the high cholesterol in a hurry. Of course, it should only be prescribed by a professional who knows what they're doing and used in conjunction with other herbs that also complement its actions. For example, Globe artichokes often placed with other liver herbs like rosemary or dandelion to increase its action and make the outcome better. Okay, and I should also mention that although it does work quite quickly on some people, everyone's different. So some people take a few months, some people take a lot longer to see that cholesterol come down. Right, next, family history. These days you can look into the genetic reasons for why you have high cholesterol. So my go-to test is usually the 23andMe gene test and that looks for SNPs. So SNPs are S-N-P-S or single nucleotide polymorphisms. Now I then run the 23andMe raw data through an app to decipher it. Uh, In particular, in the results I look for something called the APOE gene or as Chris Cresser calls it, the fat bucket gene. I love that name. So the people with this particular gene issue, these are the people that are more sensitive to dietary fat. So if they adopt a low-carb, high-fat paleo diet, which helps some people to bring down cholesterol, people with this particular APOE gene, their cholesterol might go up. Like, the, And that's the LDL cholesterol too. So not the good one, but the other one. So These are the people who shouldn't be drinking bulletproof coffees, yeah? They will most likely do better on a more Mediterranean diet that's got good fats but just, uh, you know, not huge levels of the stuff. Also, if you have an issue with this gene, you want to increase things like healthy fibrous carbs like fruit and, you know, perhaps even some whole grains. This will help to bring the LDL down too. If your homocysteine levels are high, we might also look closely at the 23andMe gene test to try and find out why. If there's an issue with genes like MTHFR or a problem with the CBS pathway, 
we can then look at assessing and correcting the methylation and improving detoxification pathways to then clear the inflammation in the body that may be contributing to the high cholesterol. So if a person comes to me, if if one of my patients comes to me with high cholesterol and says, oh, it's genetic, everyone in my family has it, I don't just take that for an answer. I look deeper, right? So I quite often will suggest one of these gene type tests. It's like, okay, everyone in your family has high cholesterol. Cool. We still need to know why, okay? So let's have a chat about what products are on the market to help bring cholesterol down. So some of these are really good actually to get it down quickly, but just bear in mind that they don't solve the reason why your cholesterol was elevated in the first place, yeah? They're symptomatic relief. So products include things like uh, red yeast rice extract, sugarcane wax alcohols like polycosinol, garlic, vitamin B3 gets a mention a lot, Look, I'm not against these as a quick fix. I actually use them. I prescribe them a lot in my practice. But here's the thing, just taking a cholesterol-lowering supplement or even a cholesterol-lowering drug for that matter, that's all well and good. But it doesn't address the underlying reasons for why you had the high cholesterol in the first place. It's more of a stopgap while we figure things out. And if you cease taking these supplements or these drugs, chances are your cholesterol is going to start to climb again. So while you're taking these stopgaps, these quick fixes, we need to dig deeper and uncover what's really going on so that you can properly regain your health. After all, If cholesterol is the firefighter, we still need to be looking for that fire and we still need to put it out. Okay, on to the next question. And Katie simply says, I love this one, so simple, what about magnesium? (laughs) Magnesium is actually one of my favorite minerals. I can talk about it all day. So when I saw this question pop up, I was like, yes, my favorite thing. Magnesium does so many awesome things. Up to 70% of Australians are thought to be low in magnesium. So it's super important to make sure that we're getting enough in our diet. And then also, if we're not, to consider supplementation. Now, magnesium is needed for so many functions in the body, including, I've got a little list here, energy production, blood sugar balance, nervous system function and support, healthy hair, skin, and nails, muscle contraction and relaxation, regulation of body temperature, healthy heart function, and blood pressure. They're the top ones. And I've got another list here. I've got a few lists today. Foods that are naturally high in magnesium, because I get asked this one all the time. As soon as you say, yeah, yeah, you need this particular vitamin or mineral, people are like, right, give me the list of foods. All right, so almonds. Now, they're even better if you eat them raw. And if you want to be like a super nutrient-rich ninja, you can even soak your almonds or activate them. In other words, you can soak them and and dehydrate them or soak them and just eat them within 24 hours. Other nuts and seeds are also high in magnesium. Almonds are the best though. You'll also find magnesium in dark green leafy veggies. Yay, hello, kale, spinach, all of those beautiful things. I'm looking at you. Whole grain cereals are another good source. If you have trouble absorbing your nutrients, so you might want to soak your grains first before you cook them and eat them. Okay, you can also find magnesium in cashews, lima beans, figs, parsnips of all things. Who would have thunk it? Soybeans, eggs, 
And our favourite, how can we forget cocoa, cacao and dark chocolate. Hooray! (laughs) Signs of magnesium deficiency include muscle cramps, aches and pains, tension headaches, everyone nodding along here, (laughs) migraines, PMS, period pain, anxiety or agitation, twitching eyes. You know when your eye starts twitching for no reason? That's a magnesium sign. Uh, jumpiness, you know those people who get startled really easily when someone makes a noise behind them? Yeah, those people. High blood pressure, palpitations, insomnia, fatigue, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia. The list goes on and on and on, but they're like some of the top ones to look out for. If you've got any of those things going on, you really need to have a bit of a look at your magnesium intake. Now, also, there are some things that can deplete our magnesium stores. So if your magnesium is low, you might want to sort of pull back on some of these things. And of course, it's going to be some of your favorite things. Sorry, (laughs) caffeine. So especially, you know, like tea and coffee. um, Yeah, they're going to like flush out, wash out some of your magnesium because they're diuretics. Also, tea's got tannins, which can bind to some of the minerals. Uh, So that has a bit of a double effect, unfortunately. Uh, Alcohol, no surprises there, right? Sugar consumption, your body has to work harder to process the sugar. Magnesium has to get involved with that. Exercise, now you don't want to pull back on exercise though, hey? Like maybe pull back on the sugar and the alcohol first, leave the exercise in. I think that would be wise. Uh, One that you should pull back on though is stress. So stress eats through your magnesium stores. Stress also eats through things like B vitamins, lots of different nutrients. But yeah, it's a really surefire way to deplete your magnesium and that is to be quite acutely stressed. Uh, Sweating. So again, that's one of the reasons that exercise is a big one because not only are you using your muscles and muscles use magnesium, you might also be sweating. So you get a bit of that double whammy. Um, But also if you're the sort of person who does like saunas or Bikram yoga, or maybe you live somewhere really warm and tropical, yay, lucky you, uh, you might want to consider whether you're losing magnesium through the sweat. Uh, And finally, some medications can deplete your magnesium, including uh, there's some common ones, antibiotics, the contraceptive pill, and diuretics. So if you need to take some of those medications, no worries. You might want to consider getting a bit more magnesium into you as well, though, just to counteract that. So if you think you might be low in magnesium and you're keen to take a supplement, You need to know what to look for because there's like so many different types available on the market. It can be quite confusing to the untrained eye. Okay, so the older style of magnesium supplements include things like magnesium phosphate, magnesium oxide, and magnesium carbonate. Now, these are not as readily absorbed as some of the newer types. Um, By the way, though, oxide's really good for getting the bowels moving, um, and that's why you'll find magnesium oxide in some of those sort of like colon clearing supplements. Uh, Yeah, but it's not going to bump up your stores as well. So some of the newer forms of magnesium that are better absorbed, these are the ones I lean towards more when prescribing. Things like magnesium amino acid chelate, magnesium citrate, and magnesium aspartate. They're the top three. If you're not sure about which magnesium to take or how much to take, pop by your local health food shop and speak with a naturopath there. Like, 
seriously, naturopaths everywhere are across the magnesium thing because deficiency is so common in this country and we learn so much about this nutrient at college. Uh, So just pop into any health food shop, have a chat with a naturopath. They will be able to set you straight with a good quality product that's well absorbed. Now, when I put out the call recently asking women what they were struggling with the most, After the usual one, which was the crappy energy levels, that's the one I see the most, not being able to lose weight, that was a hot contender for second. I've also received a lot of emails and messages from women about weight loss. Each one varies, but the general gist is that they can't lose weight no matter what they do, even with a strict calorie-controlled diet. And what's worse is that these women are often still steadily putting on weight and they're getting frustrated. I'm afraid that it often comes down to, you guessed it, the adrenals. Yeah, I know, right? Those pesky guys again. So here's the flow on effect. So the adrenals, you know, when you're stressed, you've got your adrenals pumping out the high cortisol. The high cortisol sends a message to your body to turn the food you eat into fat. Dun, dun, dun. You see, if we're in fight or flight mode and our bodies think that we're in danger, They assume there's a famine coming, so they're just trying to save us from starvation. They don't know that we have coals and woolies in every suburb and every town. So if we just so much as look at a carbohydrate, the pancreas has an overactive insulin response, so that's extra insulin, and that's the thing that makes us feel tired, by the way. And then the carbs and the sugars we eat are converted to fat and stored around, you guessed it, around the middle, a.k.a belly fat. So you know all those things that are always talking about belly fat, you see the ads on Facebook, you want to get rid of belly fat? I'll tell you how get how to get rid of belly fat. You need to get rid of the excess stress hormone production first. This is why with a lot of my adrenal fatigue women, we look at lifestyle changes that bring down the stress hormones first before we even try to get them to lose weight. Imagine if you prescribed a low calorie diet to someone whose body thought they were about to enter a famine, hello, more stress hormones, and you know what happens then? The body will stubbornly hold on to the fat and where possible it'll even try to store more fat, all right? It's just trying to keep you alive. You should say, thank you, body, thank you. (laughs) So no wonder so many women aren't losing weight or worse still, having that yo-yo kind of diet effect, yeah? So what can we do? I'm so glad you asked. We heal the adrenal dysfunction first. We look at whether the thyroid hormones and the female hormones are in balance because they're often the next casualties in that adrenal fatigue downward spiral. And if your thyroid hormones and your female hormones aren't right, well, you're not going to lose weight properly either. We also support the liver because that's the guy that has to break down a lot of the excess hormones. And yet you might need to be patient. I know that when I'm helping women with their adrenals and, you know, we're changing the diet and we've done some beautiful herbs and supplements and they're doing their mindfulness and they're starting to feel really good and they're like, Jules, I need to lose the weight now and I have to talk them into, look, just a few more months. You've felt really crap for so many years. You've been feeling good for a couple of months just let the body catch up and then we can look at losing the weight. So I just try and stretch it out by just a couple more months just to get that sort of equilibrium going first. Once your adrenals are humming along nicely, then and only then can we start to look at what diet is going to be best for you to lose the weight. 
whether it's low carb, paleo, intermittent fasting, or maybe even just a good old-fashioned gluten, dairy, and sugar-free diet. That might do the trick, but we need to sort out the adrenals first. So there you are. I hope that today's show has answered some of your most burning questions and maybe you've learned something useful that you can use to help not only yourself but your family and your friends as well. If you've enjoyed this episode and you want to get in on the action for next time I do a Q&A on the podcast, join my Shiny Healthy You Facebook group. Then you can ask all the cues you like and I will get the answers to you either in the Facebook group or on the show here. I'll pop a link to the Facebook group in the show notes, but seriously, just go to Facebook and do a search for Shiny Healthy You. You'll find it there. Also, if you want recipes, loads of health and wellness tips, and a free guide to healing your adrenals, hello, who wouldn't want that? Head to julesgalloway.com now. It's all there waiting for you. Alrighty, see you in a fortnight. Look after yourself, stay shiny, and bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.